Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 12th of June 2013. For newcomers, please help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll begin to understand the system you've been born into if you go through lots of the audios that are there for free download. And you'll see other sites listed there. These are all the official sites I have. They all carry audios and they all carry transcripts and for print-up as well in English of many of the talks I've given over the years. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and help yourself there from the choice offered. Member two, you bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't uh, sell products except the books and discs at cuttingthroughthemedics.com, which I do myself. And uh, it's up to you to support me if you want to. And we're going through tremendous changes today. I go through the history of the system that set itself up over 100 years ago to bring in all of these changes to direct the future. Power always directs the future, understand that. It doesn't happen by itself willy-nilly. And the big boys in power never take chances of usurpers coming along and taking over either. So they always direct the future for themselves and their own offspring down through the ages. That's how things have always really been. And um, the trick, of course, of controlling the masses is chronology. Very old trick indeed. And they've ruled people in different countries and empires for thousands of years by chronology and simple trickery, etc. But they also understand human nature intensely and understand the herd mentalities, etc. They know what turns people on and off. And they do it all the time to us, even giving us fake stories and so on and lots of gossip to argue about or Twitter about or whatever. So you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthemates.com. Remember, from the US to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations are seriously welcome as we go through uh, the expense of inflation, I should call it, or devaluation of your currencies, because we're all going through it at the same time. Because at the top of the pyramid in this big world system is money. And those who control money are more powerful than those who simply start up armies. Armies need cash to run. If they don't get the cash, there's no army. They'll go home. And so those who decided to run the money system thousands of years ago still run it today. And it's a, a tremendous uh, science in itself of chronology again and trickery, of course. And we're never, ever going to be let off the hook in money in one form or another controlled by the same people. Tremendous power. Everything does. Every government leader goes cap in hand to central bankers, private bankers every year and gets loans. And believe you me, uh, if, you're, if you're borrowing, you're always in debt. And you, the debtor, is always a slave. So that's how things really are today. Very, very simple. It's not hard to understand at all. But again, distractions, as I say, is, is how we're controlled as well. Lots of distractions. Even Plato talked about the beehives of the future and how they bring in their, his republic system. It was a kind of utopian view he had for his republic. And it's well worth reading the republic by Plato, in fact. He tells you the tricks to use to, to, to manage the general population, even down to eugenics and breeding them for specific tasks. But he talks about the beehives being the cities. 
And big cities are artificial systems, you see, just like a beehive. And people are not meant to live in them. But once you get them in there, they're dependent upon, again, what? Money. Money. Because really, everything they need has to come into them. Food, everything they need to to survive. Whereas in the rural areas, of course, they could survive quite happily by themselves. Once you have an artificial system, then you can get into sciences, which again have time to study the general populations and come out with trickery, etc., and how to manage them. And so you end up with a parasitical class living on top of them. Old, old techniques understood all that time ago. And being artificial, once you're born into an artificial system, the sky's the limit. You're completely plastic for new changes that are planned in advance as well. And so are the children. And that's where we are today. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and talking about artificial structures. You see, we're in artificial structures. Of course, cities are very artificial. And in fact, when you think about it, we're, we're completely plastic in, in where we can be, how can we be shaped and directed into the, any kind of future of very powerful people. It's done all the time. The education system is a very important part of it, in fact, because early indoctrination uh, into new ideas, which are actually uh, in alignment with the big plans for the future, uh, it's essential that that happens every generation. So the young ones will think everything's quite natural, that they've been brainwashed into when they're young, and they see things happening along their lifetime. Never as quite as it was imagined, because they're always given utopias which never emerge. But uh, that's a technique, very, very old, as I say. And we're living in uh, the world society now, the global society, and now we're all hooked into internets now, all the rest of it too. And again, the big powerful boys gave us the internet. Remember, the internet was designed by, by the warfare industry, and they were using it privately during the whole Cold War with their computers and so on. So they didn't just hand it over to the public and say, oh, go be free, <laughs> go and be free. Of course not. They never do that. They already had all the systems in place and been monitoring us from the very beginning, of course. So all the hullabaloo right now about uh, about whistleblowers coming out and telling us what's happening, I mean, is it really news to anybody? Is, do we have to be told by the media to be outraged about something? Unfortunately, we do. Because we, we don't get outraged unless we're told to by authority of some kind or another. It's a sad comment, and it's, but it's true. And eventually, uh, you know, people can't think without important people telling them what to think or what to say or when to be outraged. That's already happened, as Brzezinski said it would back in the 70s. We're managed so easily today. But of course, as I say, the big powers that be have to have something like a war on terror, which is to be, and I've read the articles here where the Pentagon says this is forever. It's not going to be a temporary, it's a forever thing. Because they're never going to give up all the, the reasons to the, they have to monitor all of you and all of us. And tonight too, I'll put up some art, some links in fact to do with histories of monitoring the general public. Some is from Cryptome, it's, it's a very good uh, site with uh, uh, lots of information of, of previous exposés of being monitored to come back into the 60s and 70s and 80s, etc., uh, through different years, especially in the U.S. Britain's very good at it. They tend to keep it fairly quiet. But um, there's nothing new in this whatsoever. And you go way back into even the early days of the U.S. stock market, 
and the first telegraphers that they had as well. They're all on the payroll of Jai Gould and all the rest of the big boys at the time, J.P. Morgan, to get insider trading to see who was putting, going to put on uh, uh, bonds and so on and stocks and shares, get ahead of everybody else. It's always been for big, big, big business and the bankers at the top. They gave us a system. And today it's much easier too with all everybody chatting to each other as well. And there were so many programs out there at the top to, to catch different uh, terminology that you use. Even if you are the occasional person who puts money into stocks and so on, they want to know what you're putting on where and so on and how stocks will go up eventually in the long run too. Very precise stuff actually. So uh, there's nothing sacred in this world. Corruption runs the world. It's not called corruption at the top. They think it's just business as usual. It's only corruption at the bottom if you're one of the people who get plundered all the time, the general population. And we're going through, of course, massive changes as well because, remember, I mentioned the Frankfurt School so many times here and the objects that it had to achieve with the total destruction of the European-type cultures and especially in America too. Uh, until it was annihilated altogether, and that's underway. Part of it, too, of course, was to find or create lots, any kind of minority group you could, fund them to the hilts and start giving them power and get them to be very vocal. And uh, and the more fractures you have in a monolithic society, the more easily it crumbles apart. And you find this is a, a big, big thing. Minority groups don't get powerful by themselves. It doesn't happen. And if there's minority groups out there, which of course there are, which you never get to mention, uh, it's because they're not in the picture for getting big corporate financing and big professional help from top streams of lawyers and so on. But you find it, it says here in this article here, for instance, that this is one thing that's across the planet today, and for some reason every top government official is pushing it. This is Pope Francis confirms that the Vatican homosexual lobby, the gay lobby, uh, is, is true. There's definitely one inside the Vatican that works with the outside uh, homosexual groups. And he also says there's corruption inside it of it too, of course. Well, it's nothing new now, we've always known. And they've spent millions of dollars over the years trying to pay off uh, victims and so on, so they don't expose anymore. And, um, but again, it's all this, this particular political, social political movement. It's not just for rights, it's for something bigger than just rights for a group, understand. And, and of course, uh, any institution they can get into and take over, whether it's the military or wherever, and there's lots of men gathered, they're in there. And you get corruption and the same old things happening over and over again. Same in, t- in schools now too. So I'll put this link up tonight and other ones too that came out. They go deeper into the problem uh, and even into the, the, the I, I would call it the illness of the, the guys who have fixations on young boys very young boys, even pre-prebescent boys. And there's, there's terms for that too that you should learn what they actually mean. But I'll put two good articles up about that tonight as well to see what's, what it's all about for those who don't quite understand it. It's more than just, uh, this is more than just people with particular proclivities. It's, it's actually people um, who are being awfully well funded and well coordinated by the same group that funded lots of other groups in the past including the communist groups inside the U.S., to destroy all that was and bring in the new. Understand, when when people are in chaos and nations are in chaos, a small minority can control it very, very easily. Very, very easily indeed. The more chaos, the better for them. And the ones who are in control right now are already in total control 
once you're causing the chaos and control of the countries and money the boys at the top also too this article says the Obama administration is weighing whether to charge a government contractor with leaking classified government secrets for defense but much criticized national security agency surveillance program as an indispensable tool for protecting Americans from terrorists as well as I've said before, this is to go on forever because they can't give you a system of free speech to each other uh, without knowing exactly what you're talking about. Uh, the boys at the top would never feel safe from all of you, you see. This is facing a global uproar over the program that tracked phone and internet messages around the world. The Justice Department continued to investigate whether disclosures of Edward Snowden, 29 years old, an employee of government contractor Booz Allen Hamilton, were criminal. Meanwhile, the EU Parliament uh, planned to debate the spy programs Tuesday and where they have violated local privacy protections. EU officials in Brussels pledged to seek answers from U.S. diplomats at transatlantic ministerial meetings in Dublin later this week. The global scrutiny comes after revelations from Snowden, who's chosen to reveal his identity. He says Snowden fled to Hong Kong in hopes of escaping criminal charges, as lawmakers, including Senate Intelligence Chairman Senator Feinstein of California, accuse him of committing an act of treason that should be prosecuted. Well, so should she and her husband as well, getting on the government contracts. They're just gangsters, and that's very obvious too. But the fact is, as I say, is Snowden even just a snow job? Is that where they put Snowden out there for this? Is he? We don't know, do we? How much stuff has he actually disclosed that we didn't know? How much? And, and people had prisoners mentioned years ago. And it's an article actually out too by the Telegraph. And again, the Telegraph is in really in bed with the British government, but it says, as Edward Snowden's story unraveling, why the Guardian scoop is looking a bit dodgy. And it says, now the dust has settled after the Edward Snowden affair. It's time to ask you some tough questions about the Guardian Scoop of the Week. It's just Snowden stories that you dropped a $200,000 a year job and a very attractive girlfriend in Hawaii for a life in hiding in Hong Kong in order to expose the evils of the NSA's prison program. But this is the story are now being questioned. Why did he go to China? So it was always an odd aspect of his plan that he should choose as his refuge from turning a totalitarian state that happily spies on its own people and imprisons dissenters. True Hong Kong itself has a tradition of resistance to dictatorship, but it also has a treaty with the U.S. that would make it relatively easy for America to extradite their guy back. Perhaps Snowden simply has the worst lawyers in history. Then it says, um, it says Booz Allen says that his salary was 40% lower than thought, and a real estate agent says that his house in Hawaii was empty for weeks before he vamoosed. Does the fact he only worked for three months with Booz Allen in the NSA suggest he was planning to hit and run all along? And they took the job with the NSA with the intention of stealing the documents. Well, the stuff was published years ago on PRISM. It doesn't mean it's not real. But it says the administration is pushing back on the definition of what PRISM really actually is. Now, in other words, understand all these spy programs have, have innocuous type titles and so on. And to put you all off, so they all have them. And there's lots and lots of them out there that they have. It says it's not, not a snooping program. Well, they don't call it snooping programs. Of course not. It says a data management tool. That is precisely what they do call. They call these snooping programs data management tools to throw you all off. They call logging accusations are, uh, the call logging accusations are pretty much beyond doubt and reason enough to scream big brother, but the prism angle is a little less clear. It says extreme tech points out that it's a program that is a hidden, is hidden in public sight. 
that Prism is in fact the name of a web data management tool that is so boring that no one has ever bored to report on its existence before now. It appears that the public Prism tool is simply a way to review and manage collected data. Well, that's, that's what, what an NSA government system or spy would tell the general public. That it's also a simple tool to manage and collect data. So it is a spy tool, you see. Anyway, I'll put this up tonight too, and you can make your own minds up. But it makes you wonder, we've had so many articles come out over the years. It's all been read on the air. It's been in the newspapers telling you you have no privacy. You have no privacy over and over. There's been better whistleblowers in the past come out there and say as well, with a lot more data. Uh, just to, and it just reinforces the fact you have no privacy. So what's really going on in the world that they don't want you to look at when, when this is taking all your attention up? The Climate Change Conference and Personal Carbon Taxes is one of them. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about conology and so on, because everything is conology, isn't it? Information itself, at least what you're given generally, is authorised, and it's out there and put out there for you to take, and it's, it's conology, most of it. But this article here is a good case too. It says, every day hundreds of millions of people chat, exchange messages, send mess images via social networking sites like Facebook and mobile devices like the BlackBerry. Unfortunately for security officials, those Users of include criminals and suspected terrorists. And then it goes on to say wiretapping first became a tool of the U.S. law enforcement in the 1890s. The Supreme Court didn't establish its constitutionality until 1928, the height of prohibition. Roy Olmsted, a Seattle bootlegger, had been convicted on evidence gathered through a wiretap in his home. He argued that authorities had violated his rights, but the court upheld his conviction, saying eavesdropping was not a physical invasion of privacy. In 1963, U.S. Attorney General Robert Kennedy authorized the FBI break into the home and office of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. They instead planted bugs, assuming they would unearth King's rumored links to communists, but removed them to, in 1966. Richard Nixon approved illegal wiretapping of four reporters and 13 government officials in 1969 in a bid to unmask those leaking information to the press. And in 1972, a grand jury indicted two Nixon aides for the burglary and illegal wiretapping of the Democratic National Committee headquarters at the Watergate Hotel. It's a little history of, of some of the past, of course. But understand, it's always been this way. And I've read articles before going into the history of, say, Britain and some European countries, where even in the 1800s, they had thousands of spies working for the government just in London alone, going around cafes, tea rooms, uh, bars, listening to chat, and so on, just to just pick up the scoops of what the people were thinking. Always keep your pulse on the general public, what they're thinking about. Are they angry? Are they happy? Content? If they're angry, what would make them happy? Uh, what would sideline them from, from some, some beef that they had about something and get them off track, etc., etc. Nothing's changed. It's much more perfected today with the electronics, of course. But I'll put this up the night, too, as well, for those who want to go through it. See, you've never really had freedom as you think of it. You've never had it. Even before the Internet, you lived in an invisible cage, before the war on terror, as they call it, after 9-11 which was planned long before, of course, because all the, all the countries went into the same omnibus bill treaties at the same time immediately after 9-11. And believe me, governments had take years to work with other governments to, to make it all the same. It was all done immediately. 
So they must have been starting that up back in the 60s or 70s to make them go along the same plan. And also, too, today, as we go through this system of massive change in chronology, we see that the, the, the first world countries are falling right down, of course, because all we're doing is getting taxed to the hilt to give to big corporations, at least the corporations that set up abroad, international corporations in third world countries. They call it uh, redistribution of wealth. And they're using uh, the, the cons of climate change and so on to redistribute your wealth, your tax money, to the to the third world countries. It doesn't get to the people. It goes to the already existing international corporations that set up the slave markets in the third world. That's what it's supposed to do. But uh, at home, of course, as this all happens, and the new ones also happened before they brought in NAFTA for the Americas, before they brought in the free trade agreement with China, and through the World Trade Organization, that are all supra-governmental organizations with nothing to do with it. In other words, the, the peasant isn't asked what he thinks about it, does he for it or against it. And we, we financed China up to the level it's at, at today. We trained all their engineers for many years, 20-odd years, 25 years, even in Canada and the States, so they go back home and eventually set up factories for them, because initially they didn't even have factories to work in. Because they knew that down the road with the WTO, uh, we'd send all the factories over there already. And they knew there'd be massive unemployment at home as we're done into, into a third world state. The elites don't care, you see, about you. It doesn't matter where the elites are born. They have no particular uh, affinity with the country they're born in. Uh, they're internationalists. And they intermarry amongst themselves, other elites, you see. And it says here in this article here, this is about, I guess, it's getting in the States now. Senate is moving to make copper theft a federal crime. It's such so bad in the U.S. now. Uh, as, as folk are stealing lots of copper, even wiring along the highways, the lights. Because everyone's getting broke and more broke and more broke. And inflation is going on. Your dollar's worth less and less. The Senate's moving to make a, a metal theft a federal crime with the Judiciary Committee poised to take action later this week on a bill that would impose a 10-year prison sentence on anyone caught stealing metal from telephone or cell towers, highway equipment, or other critical infrastructure. Copper theft is a particular problem. The average annual price on global markets quadrupling over the past decade. It's all gone to China, by the way, the copper. Even even the raw materials from where I live up this way here at Sudbury uh, is all getting shipped to China, all the raw materials. We make nothing in Canada now. Just send out for raw resources. And there's a lot of weaponry, of course, involved. And all the bullets that they sell for all their wars and so on and their shells are all copper-coated too, so it's big business. And they've got more wars to, to, to carry out, yeah. It says the bill would also make it tougher to fend stolen metal by requiring more record-keeping for recycling agents and prohibiting them from paying cash for purchases larger than $100. So it says metal theft has jumped more than 80% in recent years. And people have stolen from homes, churches, and even brass stars from veterans' graves in her home state. And it's true enough, even down in New York State, there's a, there's a lot of, they've been taking brass and everything and copper off, off the graves that are there. The recent rise in incidents of metal theft across the country underscores the importance of federal action to crack down on metal thieves and put them behind bars and make it more difficult for them to sell their stolen goods, she said in a statement earlier this year after she introduced the bill. So these are all signs of third world country uh, creeping on you. I hope you understand that. I hope you really understand that. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. Also tonight, I'll put up along with that other article about the Pope and talking about homosexuality in the church and the corruption and so on. Uh, another one from LifeSite News and another one too from the Church Militant. It's called, but it's, a lot of this came to light to do with what was happening inside, just how bad it was inside the Vatican and so on. By a, a book that came out, uh, published in, in Poland originally in 19, uh, 2012. And it goes through some of the history of this. It's awfully good. And the book was called Truth is All That Matters. And uh, it's by uh, F. Tadus Isakos Zaluski, his name is, the guy who wrote it. But I'll put up a, a link to this as well tonight for those who want to go into the history of it to see how bad it really is. But it also ties in with the outside forces of the movement and the inside forces and so on and the networking. And, of course, I say they're awfully well-funded. And, of course, it's also a, a top priority of the United Nations to get all of uh, uh, different uh, proclivities out into the open and give them freedoms, etc. And, unfortunately, it's causing a lot of problems, as we all know in society, as obviously it's meant to do. And no one asks, how come government is, is forcing this down everyone's throats? How come it's the, the head the top, it's a top topic from every discussion, apparently, that the start the U.S. starts to do with loans to any country. How come this is a priority? Why? Also, this article, two NSA scandal, Microsoft and Twitter to join calls to disclose data requests. That's, that's just phony, folks. It's from The Guardian, because Microsoft and Twitter are part of the NSA. Uh, you know, and this is Google. They set them up. They've been famous for this for years. I've read articles many before in the past many times about how they're, they're famous for creating your front people. They create them into a, a kind of a superstar image. I've even gone through the, the organizations and the organizations that they, they, they use to create the star image of guys as being scientists. And um, in my talks on the Unabomber, for instance, because the, the guy who was behind the Unabomber initially, or the guys behind him, were all also behind a, a, a whole bunch of scientists. They pushed up to the top and gave them star status. And I, I put the links up too, where one of the guys at the universities who's responsible for it admits it. He says, yeah, we made them stars. Well, they do that, you see. And they fund, using your tax money, them into being geniuses, pretend that they're geniuses, and then they become philanthropists once they've got their big system up and running. And it's all part of the national security system. That's what Bill Gates was, and so on. There's nothing new in this at all. They have many, many front companies, and they're all, they're all official companies. They some of them really produce things, but they're all owned by the big boys at the top, the NSA and security establishment in CIA. Also, this article 2 is awfully good. It says, um, Washington State Department whistleblower has accused high-ranking staff of a massive cover-up, including, including keeping a lid on findings that members of then-Secretary Hillary Clinton's security detail and the Belgian ambassador solicited prostitutes. A chief investigator of the agency's inspector general wrote a memo outlining eight cases that were derailed by senior officials, including one instance of interference by Clinton's chief of staff, Cheryl Mills. Any mention of the cases was removed from a IG report about problems within the Bureau of Diplomatic Service or Security, which provides protection and investigates crimes involving any State Department workers overseas. And it says... Um, 
It's a cover-up, declared Carrie Shulman, a lawyer representing the whistleblower former State Department IG senior investigator Aurelia Fedinism. The whole agency is impaired. Undue influence is coming from political appointees. It's coming from above the criminal investigation unit, added Shulman, whose client provided the document with the revelations. And some of it was first reported by CBS News. As a DS agent was called off a case against US ambassador to Belgium, Howard Gutman, over claims he solicited prostitutes, including minors. And his agent began his investigations and determined that the ambassador routinely ditched his protective security detail in order to solicit sexual favours from both prostitutes and nine and minor children, said the memo. The ambassador's protective detail and embassy surveillance direction team were well aware of the behaviour. In other words, they enabled it. They're enablers, you understand. Because they're all deviant. Under Secretary of State for Management, Patrick Kennedy ordered the investigation ceased and the ambassador remained in, remains in place according to the memo. Goopman was a big Democratic donor, of course, there you go, before taking the post, having raised $500,000 for President Obama's 2008 campaign and helping finance his inaugural. At least seven agents in Clinton's security detail hired prostitutes while traveling with her in various countries, including Russia and Colombia. Investors called the use of prostitutes by Clinton security agents endemic. And by the way, it's both male and female here. It says that the license with prostitutes allegedly occurred in the same hotel where Clinton slept, according to sources familiar with the incident. But the agents involved got little more than a wrist wrap. They were removed from the security detail, given one-day suspensions, and then reassigned. No further investigations have occurred regarding the remaining four, despite the possibility of counterintelligence issues, says the memo. According to the memo, members of the Special Investigations Division approached the agent who was probing and reportedly told him to shut down the four investigations. That's one of the articles. And then again, another one, too, from Business Week State Department reviewing cover-up claims on prostitutes and drugs. U.S. State Department's ability to investigate wrongdoing by employees is being reviewed after a report of cover-ups and alleged criminal activity, including sexual assaults, the use of prostitutes by security staff and an ambassador suspected of trolling a park for sex. Department's Bureau of Diplomatic Security has requested a review by outside experienced law enforcement officers who are working with Inspector General's office to make expert assessments about the current procedures, spokesman Jen Saki told reporters. General memo obtained by CBS News from the Department's Inspector General listed eight examples of alleged wrongdoings by agency staff or contractors. Among them were allegations that a security official in Beirut committed sexual assaults on foreign nationals. The members of the former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's security detail engaged uh, prostitutes while on travel and that an ambassador who routinely ditched the security detail was suspected by auditors of doing so or to solicit prostitutes. In addition, a drug ring operating near the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad allegedly supplied contractors working there. Understand this is, you're looking at total corruption, folks, at the top. Total corruption, complete endemic corruption at the top. And the U.S. isn't alone in this either, by the way. And it'll just get worse and worse and worse. And horrible things happen to the general populations when these kind of characters are in charge. Always. And also another article on the same thing. His whistleblower, Aurelia Fedinism, says State Department investigators threatened to prosecute her for providing documents to the U.S. Senator Ted Cruz. And it says the State Department whistleblower said she was threatened after turning over documents to U.S. Senator that alleged cover-ups of investigations into employee use of drugs and prostitutes. 
whistleblowers' allegations have led lawmakers in Capitol Hill to look into whether the State Department squelched investigations into criminal behavior by employees, including an ambassador and allegedly propositioned prostitutes in a Belgian city park. Representative Ed Royce, chairman of the House of Foreign Affairs Committee, sent a letter Tuesday to Secretary of State John Kerry asking for a briefing about the allegations detailed in recent news reports. And it goes on and on, of course, but the thing is, it's endemic, and, uh, and this is business as usual, as far as I can see. That's all it is. Business as usual, folks. It's amazing about the propaganda that comes out of all the fiction that you watch. Remember, all the fiction to do with terrorism and, and government and presidents and prime ministers, it's, it's all propaganda. And I've gone into the articles by Jack C. Lull on that very thing, who was a great philosopher, and he looked on it. He said, all the fiction that you, you soak up is propaganda when it comes to government and lawyers working for the best interests of clients and so on, and government employees doing their best to save the country and all that. It's all fiction, folks, all propaganda. All it's all corruption at the top. An article too I meant to mention last week, because some of them really slip through your hands, really, because you think it's trivial, but it's not trivial at all. It's just, again, part of what's happening. It's like, it's like people used to burn themselves, and even in Italy they've done it too, I think, too, in Greece too, burning themselves because they're getting, um, the banks are closing and they've lost everything. 76-year-old man slashes wrists outside of Today Show Studios and blames the IRS. as a video of it too. 76-year-old man has been hospitalized for slashing his wrists on the street in front of Today Show Studios. It was heard yelling, the IRS ruined my life. Well, they do it for lots of lives, don't they? They ruin stacks of them. Because, you see, we're run by private mafias. And these mafias work for the, have got contracts with governments. And the governments all know it too. And the people who are in government are, are part of the whole corrupt system as well. Across the world, folks. Gangs run the world. Gangs do. And when another gang wants to get in, they've got to get the people behind them and, and tell them, promise them everything, which they never fulfill, of course, but they want to get in instead. And what, neither one is better than the other. And eventually the gangs, get, just like they did as, as the mafia split up cities, they get uh, together and form a consortium and take turns at, at, at pretending they were the boss, you know. Next time it's your turn, and then after that it's our turn, and, and you'll get your cuts. That's what it's all about. You don't make money by producing things today or making something that's useful. You make money by managing and handling other folks' money. Pen pushers. These are the ones who get awfully rich. Also, two signs of the times as we go down the tubes, because remember, going back to the Frankfurt School, they said they'd bring us right down way past pedophilia into necrophilia. And, and eliminate all remnants of the European type culture that they said was contaminated and sick. And, um, and they, they, of course they were all for forcing all these, uh, uh, sexual oddities onto us and so on. But now of course the children soak it up because it's become normalized. The adults are already normalized into it. They'll accept anything at all. Look at what they watch on television, for instance. It's an exclusive third-grade boy forced to perform oral sex on three male classmates at Harlem School. And it goes through the story. The incident took place at PS 194. 
ring leader who was in fifth grade and had been involved in an attack on a female student two years earlier, along with two third grade students, pushed the boy into a bathroom stall, forced it on his knees, and had his hands behind his back. The boy's mother is filing a $6 million lawsuit on Friday against the education department. And then when you look through this article, it's horrific, of course, but then you find the schools had stacks of things like this, and even teachers doing the same darn thing. This is the modern world, all because of this, this Trojan horse, believe you me, of special minority rights. Because eventually, of course, there'll be no such thing as pedophilia. That'll be scrubbed off the books altogether. And they've already said that some of the international meetings they've had. The big boys who said that they've pushed homosexuality across the television. Now they said it's time for bestiality. And they'll do that too, folks. You mean what they say? There's big money, you know, backing all of this and other, other minds behind all of this with a, a particular purpose to make everything dysfunctional. And when you're in chaos, they'll bring in their own order because it's easy to rule you when you're all bickering over a hundred different things. And a, a real whistleblower, too, that's never going to see the light of day, Bradley Manning trial and unconstitutional secrecy. After more than three years in custody, it's just, uh, Bradley Manning's trial finally began June 3rd. 25-year-old Oklahoma native has already pled guilty to 10 charges, but faces a prosecution on 12 more relating to the 200, 2010 release of restricted government documents to WikiLeaks. For his 10 guilty pleas, Manning can face up to 16 years in prison, but the 12 additional charges could send Manning to jail for the rest of his life. Although he's charged with aiding the enemy, a capital offence, prosecutors will not seek the death penalty. While Manning's actions were in defiance of U.S. government secrecy, his trial will be almost completely shrouded in secrecy. This is less access than Guantanamo Bay proceedings. Court documents are being withheld and redacted, and pre-trial hearings have been closed off from public view. It's estimated that 30% of the trial's proceedings will be conducted in secret to protect witness identity and national security information. They can see under, under national security, uh, they, they can keep, they can dispose of whoever they want to. In any country, by the way, they all use this technique. So other more ridiculous secrecy measures have also taken place. Photographers were denied a clear shot of the defendant and his supporters were forced to turn their pro-manning t-shirts inside out. The government has even refused to provide transcripts of the proceeding. In response, the Freedom of the Press Foundation attempted to hire stenographers to attend the public portions of the trial in order to give the world the most accurate possible picture of the events. This measure was denied at first, but the government relented after a few days. The level of secret trial is not surprising if one examines the history of the case. After being arrested, this is Private Manning, who was held in... in, um, Slaughtery confinement for 11 months at the Marine Corps base in Quantico, Virginia, under conditions which led the UN Special Rapporteur on torture to say that the US government was guilty of cruel, inhumane and degrading treatment. While he was locked away, the government gave minimal access to its lawyers and other concerned groups. In May 2012, the Center for Constitutional Rights filed a petition for extraordinary relief filed with the Army Court of Criminal Appeals and subsequent writs appeal filed with the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces, arguing the First Amendment ensured public and press access to the government's motion papers, the Court's own orders and transcripts of proceedings which had remained hidden from view. The, the petition was denied in a 3-2 decision. So that's your... This is the 21st century, and it's like something from the Dark Ages, isn't it? So that's how it really is with power, folks. 
You've never had anything called democracy. You've never been anywhere near democracy. Never. <laughs> and you're not going to be either. Because uh, those who rule are awfully powerful and they live off all of you. And they live awfully well off all of you. Now, China, for those who don't know it too, is it's a big distraction, lots of other stories, but the fact is this big climate conference going on right now because they must ram through carbon emissions and they want to bring it down to you. That's been a big, big one. Remember Lord Rothschild brought out the whole deal in the first place along with Al Gore and they stand to make trillions of dollars, literally a year off all of you schmucks who are going to pay carbon taxes to them because eventually it's to go down to personal carbon taxes. Anyway, China's outsourcing carbon emissions to poorer areas, it says. And it says, um, it's much like the way in which rich countries like in the West have long turned to China to produce cheap goods, thereby outsourcing the dirty emissions. Poor areas such as Inner Mongolia produced 80% of CO2-related emissions for goods used in richer coastal areas such as Beijing and Shanghai. The scientists writing in PNAS are concerned, are concerned this trend will spread. Well, they're all doing it. In fact... A lot of big corporations like BP and so on are already buying chunks of Latin America and for even leasing forest land from the Indians. Then they, they put that down as a carbon sink. Then they get paid money for turning it into a carbon sink, for doing nothing. We're run by incredible cons and rackets, folks. Incredible rackets. With such straight faces, of course, from specialists who are on the payroll and on, on the take as well, of course. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting from the Matrix, talking about the natural corruption. I call it natural because it's always been here. It's only much bigger today. Hamilton, uh, the U.S., was quite right in some ways when he talked about royalties. Better to have royalties, says, and keep them and their family in wealth and luxury uh, than having thousands and thousands and thousands of families of bureaucrats wanting to live in the same lifestyle. Because that's what we have today, you see. Massive gangs of them, all living off us like parasites. And they'll, they'll justify what they do by so many scary things. Oh, you need us because of this and that and the weather and all the rest of it. And wars, oh, wow. Anyway, government's spying on Americans, it says, and then giving info to giant corporations. You see, it's all in bed together, as I've said before, just like they did with the old telegraph system, and the telegraphers were all working for Giant Gould and, 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 uh, and Morgan and all the rest of these boys. Nothing's changed, it's much bigger today, but all your government bigwigs are, are doing the same thing, and the agencies too, because they're getting paid off, you see, to do so. And it says big banks and other corporate bigwigs benefit from, from, from legal spying. You've heard the government spies on all Americans, but you might not know the government shares some of the information with the big corporations. Of course they do, because the, the special agencies like the NSA and so on, these super-organizations that most politicians don't even know what are about, uh, they're, they're, they're part of the big scam. Says Reuters reported back in 2011, the NSA shares intelligence with Wall Street banks in the name of battling hackers. <laughs> and of course they also know who's going to put in the, buy up the stocks and shares and so on, what the next moves are going to be, and of course they're ahead of the game. It's always been like this, folks. Always. And also, 
to do with uh, with Greece. Of course, we know the, the chaos of trade in, in Greece there with this beautiful EU con job in the central banking system, private banks again. It says the Greek recovery may no longer be televised. That's how they go over the story. Don't upset the people. Just shut down uh, the national broadcasting station and don't tell the public what's happening. That's what they've done. That's how they dealt with it. They're very simple. Very simple, isn't it? Also, with a con game with, uh, oh, the, the, the weather and global warming and all the rest of it and carbon taxes, Heartland's NIPPC report to be accepted by the Chinese Academy of Sciences in special ceremony. This is um, the Chinese Academy of Sciences in June 30, 2013, translated and published a Chinese edition of Climate Change Reconsidered and Climate Change Reconsidered 2011 Interim Report. Two hefty volumes containing more than 1,200 pages of peer-reviewed data on climate change originally published by the Heartland Institute 2009 and 2011. It says, uh, the Chinese, it says the Chinese Academy of Sciences is the world's largest academy of science, employing some 50,000 people and hosting more than 350 international conferences a year. Well, this, this uh, report was made up by non-governmental on-the-take scientists, fully qualified scientists of all kinds, uh, not getting sponsored by the big corporations in the greening business with their windmills and so on to say everything's changing, we need these things. And, and so they're going to review uh, the other data that really destroys all the IPCC nonsense from the United Nations. I'll put this up tonight too for those who want it. Also, the con business of, uh, of national health services, hospitals making £5.50 per baby born through cash for access deals. So they're making uh, each one born through controversial cash for access deals allowing salespeople into maternity wards the telegraph can reveal. Isn't that just wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? And then they spent uh, millions of pounds in Britain on gag orders for people who want to whistleblow about the reality inside the National Health Service. We're run by blatant corruption. It gets worse with every degraded generation. From Hamish from South Frontier, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.